You are listening to an all-new episode of the Model Experience Podcast, live from the Model House. The Model Experience is the number one resource for models. Real models, real stories, real resources. Visit themodelexperience.net to learn more and be sure to follow us on Instagram at themodelexperience. Okay. Hey, everybody. How you doing? You good? Everyone looks so beautiful. How are you guys feeling after the show? Good? Was it a good experience? Awesome. Well, we're super excited to be here today to have a discussion that I think is going to be really beneficial for all of you. For those of you who don't know, I'm Deandra. I'll be your moderator today, and I'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. All right, I'm Dijon Tolson. I was also one of the hosts of the Deandra, but I'm also an actor and a director and a creator. My name is Jessica Rich. I was a designer at the Amazing um, Experience, and I designed shoes. Hi, I'm Datari Turner. I'm a uh, film television producer on my own production company. Used to model 20 years ago. <laughs> and we'll talk about that for sure. So we brought all these amazing people here today to give you guys a little perspective on what how networking has gotten to them to where they are now. So the number one question we get from you guys when we talk to you on the phones and we're trying to get you to sell the tickets is what is the takeaway going to be? And really, obviously, it's the coaching that we give you, it's the photos that we give you, it's the experience on the runway, but the number one thing is networking. This is an experience to meet people and to broaden those networks so that you can, you know, have a bunch of opportunities after. So I guess my first question for you guys is what point in time or like how has networking contributed to your success now? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, networking is like a, it's a, it's a weird thing. Cause you know, you don't want to seem thirsty. You don't want to, you know, I mean, even for myself, you know, I'm kind of an introvert, so it, it's, it's hard. But I think the best way to network is when you do work with people um, you know, you just keep in contact, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you send, you know, um, you remember people's birthdays, you send maybe a bottle of flowers or something just to stay in contact with people. When I was in the fashion industry, I started my career with the Ford modeling agency and, um, I did a bunch of really, really big campaigns from Banana Republic to Abercrombie and Fitch to Hilfiger. And I would be meeting all of these fantastic people and very successful people, rich people in music and TV, and they all like me, but I, and I always tried to figure out how do I make this work for me? Like, how can these relationships really work for me? And, um, you know, when I ventured into film and television, um, you know, I, I found a lot of those relationships and the people that I stayed in contact with, they were a big service for me. Like, just one quick example, um, I was I went on tour with Jay-Z in 2006 and we shot this Rockaware campaign around um you know his Kingdom Kingdom Come tour so it's myself Zoe Saldana LeBron James who he was mentoring at the time and we traveled all over the world started in South Africa went to Dubai went to you know Thailand and um you know I kept in contact with LeBron I kept in contact with everybody Fast forward to this year, well last year, um, I executive produced a series with LeBron called Shut Up and Dribble for Showtime. We just got nominated for an Image Award and had I not kept in contact with LeBron and with his people, um, I wouldn't have been able to produce that series with him. So that's just one you know, way to like relationships would work. Just, you know, just stay in contact with people. Yeah, I have to agree as well. I come from reality television. I'm not sure if you guys ever saw, uh, saw a show called Real Chance of Love on VH1 about 10 years ago. But um, that was my big claim to fame. I was all over the place, hosting parties, doing all these things. And I always wanted to know what I'm going to do next. I moved to Los Angeles. I started you know, connecting with everyone that I met at all the parties. And now I'm in this new circle of friends. I'm meeting all these celebrities. And I never knew what I was going to do with those contacts. So then we fast forward four more years, and I started an online store. And it really, it, I didn't really sell too much. I, I had jewelry and stuff, and I was giving to all my friends, but I wasn't making a ton of money. And then one day I woke up, and you know what? I'm going to start a PR firm, and I'm going to use my PR contacts and all the people that I've met to now give services to brands, and I can now pass these clothing items on to all my friends that I've met in this industry for the last five years. And then after, like, the contracts would expire, I'd be like, okay, now you guys don't need me anymore because you guys are a major brand already. And now what am I supposed to do now? I'm just going to sit here and not make money? No, I opened my own online store. So now me and the brands that I was working for are now competitors. And now they're trying to be me. And now it's like crazy. I've had everyone from J-Lo to 
God, all the good sisters, like I've had like a million people, Beyonce, a lot of people in my shoes, and it's all because I've been connecting the dots and keeping the connections open with all the people. And I would say they're natural, real connections and not people that I'm just trying to kiss ass or like people that I actually like really genuinely love and care about. And people who support me in this business, I will always support. And I feel like it's very important to always keep your your contacts close to you because you never know where you can take it. And back with your celebrity placement thing, I had J-Lo's manager that I've known for like four years before I even had a brand. And one day I'm like, you know what? Can I please ask you to give these to J-Lo? And he did. And she wore my shoes last uh, last October for the AMA. So that was pretty crazy. So I think you guys should kiss all. <laughs> Make sure you keep all your connections very close to you. I think what she said that's really important is making sure to be able to connect the dots. I don't think there's one exact way how you can properly network, like from being an introvert to being a little an extrovert. Um, I think play to your strong suits. I have a friend who went to a director on Instagram and DM'd him and got a lead in a movie a couple months ago. Um, I haven't had that story. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've worked with the same filmmakers so many times. Ava DuVernay three times, Atari twice, um, Ryan Murphy three times, Lena Wade two times. Um, so it's really about not just who you know, but who knows what you can do. So putting yourself in position to be able to show your talents and show your skill sets in a place of excellence. So many times we get so hasty to want to walk into a room or go into an audition or be seen, sometimes prematurely to when we're ready. And there isn't an opportunity to get that first impression back again. So with things like the model, the model experience and different things we're going to be doing, um, you have a chance to kind of hone those skills. Like training is so important, making sure you're at the best when you walk in that room to be competitive against everyone in your age range. You might be, you know, what, 21 years old going against Yara, who has a show on Freeform, who's been doing this for 20 years. And you want to be able to walk in that room and see her and be like, yo, I have as much, if not more, to offer as she does. So I think it's just being strategic in your networking, making sure that it's aligning with your calling, what God has for you specifically, and also knowing what you have to bring when you make those connections that make you different than anybody else. For sure. So speaking of strategy, I think a lot of people come to our program thinking that it's just about modeling and that it's, you know, modeling, it's the one thing you're on camera and that's the job. When in reality, there's so much more work that goes on behind the camera. So what tips do you guys have off camera or off the runway that you think have contributed to your success or your projects now? I mean, for me, um, you know, I got discovered when I was 19. Um, I was on a football scholarship at Oklahoma. And um, I never seek to, I, I never thought I would be in the entertainment business, um, but I ended up winning this competition that this woman asked me to say. I mean, th that doesn't happen today because of social media. This was like the late, late 90s. But um, once I got signed with Ford and I started working a lot, um, again, one of the things that I always did was send personal handwritten thank you cards. Um, I think that's really, really important, um, you know, because in our business, a lot of times talent, you know, they, they aren't really grateful, you know, they think they don't have to do that, or like, I'm with Ford, or I'm with Wilhelmina, I'm, I'm making 10000 a day, I, you know, they should be blessed to have me. Like, people don't really think to, like, just send, just say thank you. I mean, gratitude is sort of like my word, like, you know. I mean, we, I, I, I'm, I think probably most of us come from humble beginnings. I think I'm like the first generation person in my family that, you know, can say they made seven figures or whatever. So I, you know, I, I think that um, just being, just, just, just doing that, you know. Um, another thing I would say is just like to study photos, you know, like, you know, study magazines. You got to know what's going on in the industry, like what everybody else is doing, like, you know, Kobe, you know, basketball players, they looked Kobe, they, he, he wanted to be Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like he studied everything Jordan did. LeBron studied all the greats. Like, you know, because I have a sports background, I feel like I, I attack everything from, that, from that, that mind state. And so when I was modeling, you know, I always, I spent hours looking through magazines, just seeing what everybody else was doing, seeing what kind of looks people were doing, seeing what kind of poses people were doing. I think it's important for you to know, you know, um, how to take pictures, you know, because a lot of there's a lot of beautiful people that don't photograph well. And there's a lot of people that look average that photograph like supermodels. And then you see some of these supermodels in in a restaurant. You like 
damn, she ain't even that bad. Like, how's she, how she working every day? But, but that's because she knows how to take photos and like you should know what side of the, your, your face is the best side. You should know what side of your body is best. You should, you know, you should know how to make yourself look slender, like, you know, more slim. I, I, you just gotta know your body. Like an NBA, like you gotta think about it. If you, you want somebody to pay you to do a job, you in the pros, you in the NBA. And like, there's no basketball player that's in the NBA or football player that's in the NFL that's gonna step out on the, on the field and not know everything about the game because somebody is paying them to do this. So just, this is a real career, you know? You gotta, I was always on time. You know, when I modeled, I was always, you know, I was just professional, you know? Like I said, you send thank you cards, you there early, um, you know? And, and, but I am a big believer that in the fashion industry because you don't have any unions, you don't have the, the Screen Actors Guild or like the Producers Guild to protect you really. I mean, there's a lot of horror stories in the fashion business. It was a, it was a wild ride. I think that um, you want to keep everything you're doing between the hours of eight and eight. If you're not really a person that's like in the drugs like that, or you not like, don't get yourself caught up in these situations because it could actually hurt you worse if you at one of these parties. You know, in my day, it was like the Versace Mansion and things like that. You go to one of these parties, there's all kind of weird shit going on. And, and um, it'll hurt you worse if you at one of those parties and somebody asks you to do that and then you'd be like, nah, I'm cool, because then everybody's looking at you like, okay, well, why are you here? Because you're going to tell on everybody. Or like people don't. So, so try to just stay, if you're not about that life, keep everything between the hours of eight and eight, you know, so you can stay professional. I love it. Um, for me, I would say my biggest, um, I would say consistency for sure. Consistency, I would say for 10 years, I was like, okay, what am I doing, what am I going to do? And then you, you keep going at something, you just keep keep going at it, it's going to eventually show itself. I used to want to be like a TV host. I still kind of want to still be it, but I feel like God put me in the place that he wanted me to, like, to be, and it just took constant, continue, you know, keep going. So even in the, if you guys want to be models, if you guys are not there yet, if you booked your first job, keep going, keep exercising, keep looking good. Health is very key, like even like you, like I was out two nights ago and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I need to be in a meeting at 8 a.m. But I'm trying to also live my life at the same time. It's all about balance, because this business can make you go crazy, and I'm even at all levels. Even when you're like at the top, you could be like, okay, I have to keep going. Like now when you get to a certain level, you have to keep that, that momentum and that gets very frustrating as well. So if you guys are Christian, I'm very Christian. I'm very, like I pray every night. This, this world will make you go <laughs> crazy. So you definitely need balance. And I'd say family members as well are really good for you as well. Like call your mom, cause life is short and you just need everyone around you to continue, you know, be amazing, you know? I think to kind of piggyback on what the both of them said, I think you, practice how you want to play you know so i think before you get on stage you should be operating in a place of integrity and character for when you get there i think people think when i arrive i will do this when i arrive my life will be better but how you act now is how you act then i know that to go back to also networking people want to work with who they like you can be as talented as you want to but a positive attitude goes a very long way walking on set saying hi to every makeup artist every pa Every person holding a hand, making sure you go by and say goodbye to everybody, giving them a hug when someone's having a negative day, a smile. Especially if you're in a position of power as a model or an actor or entertainer, oftentimes people idolize these people. They almost make them subhuman. So your, your simple smile or a laugh or a gesture, or, hey, you okay, did you eat today? You want some water? They're asking you if you want water, do you want water? You know, those little gestures hold a lot of weight. And it also shows the character of who you are, because the question becomes, why do you want to do this? When you get the platform, what are you going to use it for? Is it because you like to take photos, you want to be famous, you want money? All those things are so fleeting and so empty that there has to be some type of foundation for you to stand upon. So when you are rich and you are famous, you have a message that you are effective and not affected by all those things that Tari talked about. And I think past just your own personal thing, it's like, all right, I'm now prepared as a human being to be on this platform, but is my gifting prepared? And if they're not offering, offering excuse me, opportunities, how do I go get them? A strength of mine is I also am creative and also very business-minded. 
So the thing that is the strong suit for me is connecting the dots. All right, cool, if you're not giving me this role, I'm gonna create a role. If you're not offering me an opportunity, I'm gonna make one. And using those networking opportunities to make sure that nobody can tell you no. And then when people wanna see you win, they wanna rally behind you. They wanna help you. They wanna show up for you because you've shown up for them. That was beautifully said. So I think all of you mentioned one thing and it was balance. So how do all of you balance that business mind while also still sharpening your tool as a creative? I mean, I think that everybody in this room is a boss and, and a CEO. You're the CEO of yourself. You know, that you're, you're who you are, that's your brand. You're the boss of yourself. You're, you're a CEO. So, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, what is, as Dijon even said, what is your mission statement in life? Like, you know, to stop and think about what is your mission statement in life? What do you stand for? What do you want people to, if you die tomorrow, what is it that you want people to say about you, what you stood for? You should, uh, you should ask yourself these things, like what is my mission statement? What, do, what, what, is, it, what is it that I wanna say? Um, you know, I think that you gotta go into it. If you, if, you, if you look at yourself like you a CEO and you already a boss of such and such Inc., whoever your names are, um, then you will automatically approach it like a business. You know, Naomi Campbell is probably the greatest black supermodel ever, but Tyra Banks got more money than her because Tyra Banks, you know, was smart enough to say, you know what, you know, a lot of these girls all over the country, you know, every, every young girl want to be a model in the same way that every young boy want to be a rock and a hip-hop star or athlete. And these girls are paying thousands and thousands of dollars for these model competitions that really they not getting discovered at. It's all a joke, like it's all a joke, you know? Um, because real modeling agents don't charge you anything. Like if they think that you got the look, they will find it, they will pay for your pictures, they will put you in a model's apartment. You won't have to spend a dime, you know? Um, and so she saw that and she's like, let me do a TV show called America's Next Top Model. And that series has made her worth a hundred million dollars. Like that series is, in every country they have a version of America's Next Top Model. It's Australia's Next Top Model, it's France, and she the executive producer of all of them. And they have the, the, the Tyra Banks of that country hosting those shows. So if she hadn't have been thinking of, you know, if she didn't have a business mind, she wouldn't have thought of something like that that could yield her more money than she would ever make in the fashion business. Same thing with Heidi Klum. She's made $100 million off Project One Way. Same thing with Giselle. She's made hundreds of millions of dollars off of her shoe sandal line, you know, um, you know, way more than Victoria's Secret ever paid her. You know, so I think that like you gotta, you gotta think like a business person. You know, when you have that opportunity, you got a very short window to be a model, almost like being an athlete. Like that, that reign is gonna come to an end. So you need to think about all the ways you can get a bag when you get on, you know, that you can. And, but always, you know, as Dijon said, you know, as Jessica said, I mean, gratitude is really important, you know, like that, that, that is just staying humble, having gratitude. People do want to work with people that they love. Um, Lamaya's sister, Megan Good, I made seven movies with her, you know, not, and, and, and we work together because we like to be around each other. We like each other, you know, as, as humans, you know? And so the same thing with Dijon, like, you know, people wanna work with people that they love and like, that are professional, they know it's gonna get the job done. And so everything has gotta be a business because at the end of the day, you in a business. And if you couldn't be there, they wouldn't pay you. So that's just, it's the whole thing is a business. Yeah, balance. For me, I would say, uh, my health is everything first before anything because I've been through a lot of situations with my family having cancer and I know that people keep going, 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 but you can do that, but you have to also take care of your mind first. Like I can't wake up in the morning and make new designs and get more influencers and celebrities in my brand if I don't have my own woosah, you know what I mean? So sleeping for me is important, eating healthy, working out. When I look amazing, I feel amazing, I can do anything. When I have four hours of sleep, I am a mad, I'm a bitch, I'm pissed off the next day, like do not call me. So for me, balance before anything is my health and after that, then I can like sit back and be like, okay, what's next? 
Is my Instagram okay? Is my social media? Social media is very important, you guys. Like, I'm obsessed with social media. You guys have to have your Instagrams on point. Three pictures a day at minimum. If you don't have a photographer, have any random valet person shoot you. Like, I will literally go to dinner and be like, oh, take a picture of me. I'll give them a tip, $5. Just take, like, a full photo shoot in front of, like, Mastro's. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do this on the regular. So I, I think social media is very important. Um, if you want to work with somebody, like, a, I know a lot of people want to work with, like, brands like Fashion Nova and all these people. DM them. Be like, hey. I'm new to the game. You don't have to pay me anything. Just give me free clothes. I can pr promote content for you. And this is going to keep your followers going because that Fashion Nova will not repost you. Hey, DM me. I need girls all the time. So DM me. I'll give you guys free shoes. But no, it's all about your Instagram and your following, just your presence in the world. And Instagram is number one. So those are my top two, health and Instagram. <laughs> I'll piggyback that. I kind of uh, separate the two. Um, to me, I feel like your actual life and your journey prepares you for the creative. Of course, you train and you take classes and have coaches, but I also think life experience, you can only give as much as you have within you. So pouring into yourself, reading books, reading the Bible, praying, whatever your medium is or connection is, that's the depth people are looking for. I have a question. Who here wants to do something else other than model? Like act, sing, all those kind of things. See, so pretty much everybody else already has their mindset past just being a model, because being a model is amazing, but like he said, it's a short you know, shelf life. Um, so it's also giving yourself permission to take the, the, the shackles off of you or the boundaries. Oftentimes they would tell you, choose one, be great at this, and that is great. You, if you have a God-given gift, if it's modeling, if it's acting, if it's singing, hone that first, but then also be open to other opportunities, because you might want to be a model, but you might actually be meant to be a producer or a designer or an actor or a director or the CEO of a company. Um, so allowing yourself to experience your journey, what God created it kind of for you to be. Totally. So I think you're basically saying adaptability. And I think people like forget that. It's not, like I said earlier, it's not just one dimensional. You have to be ready for change. So how do you guys deal with that in your industry? Like getting curveballs. Like you started Detroit as a model, but now you're a producer. Like how did that evolve? How did you take the, what steps did you take? I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in God. I pray multiple times a day. My faith is very important to me. Um, that is something that keeps me balanced. I just try to let God lead the way, honestly. You know, I, you know and being open to, to change and that what you may have for yourself, God could have something better, you know. And I didn't, I didn't plan on, I grew up in the Bay Area, um, a place called Richmond, California, um, where a lot of people don't make it out, um, you know, and even though it's only six hours away from here, might as well be in, du you know, Hollywood might as well have been in Dubai. Like, it, it just wasn't, it, it didn't seem reasonable, you know, like realistic. But once I got into the fashion business, you know, first of all, guys, fashion industry is the only industry where women completely dominate the industry. So, you know, I was at the time when I was, you know, modeling, I was considered to be a male supermodel. I worked all the time. Um, but, like, I would still be on jobs where, like, women, I was doing hill figure. I remember I was making 10000 a day. Rebecca Romaine was getting paid a million, you know. And so I knew I couldn't get rich being a fashion model. Like, I lived in New York. I was making, you know, I was making great money. Um, but I wasn't getting rich, um, you know, and so I started thinking about it. And then, you know, being a 40-year-old, you know, my agency used to always tell me, yeah, you can model forever, you can do catalog, you, you could do Bloomingdale's and Sunday paper catalog forever, all this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, honestly, I like food. Um, I really like food. And uh, I just couldn't see myself going to auditions and carrying a portfolio and having, because it's really not a, modeling's not really a skill set. Like you don't get a chance, you don't get to choose how tall you are. You don't get to choose the symmetry of your face, how high your cheekbones are. Like you don't get to choose any of that. So, um, you know, I was, I was paranoid a lot of the times when I did model because I always felt like, you know, this is the day that I'm gonna show up on set and they're gonna realize I really don't look why are they paying me, you know? So I was, par I was paranoid about it, too. And so, um, 
You know, I was I was depressed a lot when I modeled, to be honest. Like, number one, I couldn't eat. Um, and, you know, I was living out of a suitcase. I basically had to chase the globe for my, for my money. And um, so I couldn't really have a lot of, like, you know, I, I, I was never in one place, you know. So, so I, I was just sort of like, well, as somebody that always thinks about the future or what my life is going to look like when I'm 30, 40, 50, I was like, you know what, I, I need to figure this shit out because, you know, it's great now. I'm on billboards and things like that, but that's not going to last, you know. And so I went back to ground zero. Like, the only thing I ever loved as a kid other than playing sports was movies. I would, I would cut class in high school, go to Berkeley, stay in the movie theater all day, but I didn't know what that meant because I didn't really want to be an actor. And so um, when I was in New York, I was living there. This was right after 9-11. I saw the plane crash into the, the, the Trade Center in person. And um, you know it was a really depressing time in the country in New York. And so I was staying in the house a lot and, and uh, I went and bought this book called Save the Cat that taught me, it basically teaches you how to structure a screenplay. And then I bought another book called Writing Treatments That Sell that, uh, you know, basically told me to like, you know, to, to this is how you pitch ideas to TV and film. And it said to write about something that you knew. And that sort of was the, how the, the genesis of Video Girl, how that came about. And um, I wrote this script and I remember I told my girl at the time in New York, I'm like, I'm moving to LA to be a screenwriter. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, laughing or whatever. Thought I was going through a midlife crisis at 23. Um, but, I, but I did, you know, she didn't, you know, I, I moved, I got me a little, little studio apartment in the Valley. I was still paying for my place in New York. I had, it was a studio, I had a blow up mattress and a, and a, and a um, uh, a desk and all I did was a table and all I did was just write every day and drop my screenplay off to uh, different companies and one night I was out um, and then I ran into Megan and um, you know I approached her I think the first time we kind of like I was I had we both had been drinking I said something sarcastic she wasn't feeling it um, but but I got her number, and then I called her and was like, would you read my screenplay, and blah, 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 and the, the rest, make a long story longer or shorter, the rest is history. She came on board to, to, um, to attach to my film and started that journey of years that it took to help me get that film made. And I mean, I was, I was, I was broke for a while, you know, like after making a lot of money, like I, you know, because I wanted people to see me as a writer. You know, and so I didn't want to be on billboards in my underwear. You know, I was trying to get people to see, you know, to see me as something more. But, um, you know, if you can stay the course and, you know, have faith and, and, and don't give up because this, this business is, is you know, it, it really, perseverance is really important because it'll really test your faith. And, um, you know, it, it will try to make you feel bad about yourself or you're not good enough or you don't have, you know, and I'm talking too long, so I'm gonna pass the, the mic, but it's, it's really, you know, just just don't give up. You know what I'm saying? Don't give up. And, and that's the one thing I can say because once you give up, you're no longer in the game. And sometimes it takes, I'm, you know, I'll be, I'll be 40 years old in three weeks, you know, and, and um, I, I just couldn't even imagine had I quit. Like, you know, God had a whole different, you know, door that opened for me once I went through the, the suffering and the pain and, you know, the things I was going to have to go through to, to get to where I am now. So. Happy birthday. <laughs> Come you got on one soon. too, right? I know, two days. Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't plan on doing what I'm doing either, honestly. I, I was just trying to wing it my whole life, to be honest. I didn't know what I was going to do, but... The PR, I mean, I guess that was God showing me, okay, Jess, you have the connects, which is the most important thing in this business is having the contacts, and I'm gonna show you that you're gonna do this for yourself. So when the contracts got written, you know, let me go, I ran downtown, I got like 10 different styles of stuff from the alley, I spent $1,000 on my website, I got like $500 in inventory, and the whole time, when I'm going to like the, the, the brand's offices, I would peep little things. I don't know why, I just knew I had to like figure out what they were doing, I don't know why God said like pay attention, but 
I found out what platform they were using. I snipped around to find out where they're getting their clothes from. So when it came to me opening my own store, I already knew everything because I was already snipping around to find out how they did it. So <laughs> I, um, I basically did exactly what I did for them. I got this stuff from downtown, sent it to all my influencer friends. I opened my store, I think it was July of 2015. And by the end of that, like that year, I'd already done 70000 in sales off of $1,000. And that was just basically me sending stuff to girls, promoting Jessica Rich and not these other brands that were paying me to do that. So... I was like, oh my God, now I'm making more than I was getting paid from the PR companies, and now everything made sense now. So three years later, I mean, um, Fashion Nova started going crazy like two years ago, so I, I noticed my clothing sales started to drop. Not crazy, but just enough for me to be like, whoa, what's up? Like, why, is my, <laughs> why am I making as much money as I was? Because Fashion Nova, you know, girls don't want to spend more than like $25, $30 on outfits. And at the time, I was dating this guy who had a really big flower company. He said to me, Jessica how about you start a different brand besides your clothing? And I'm like, well, what? And he's like, try to do shoes. I'm like, shoes, what do you mean? Like, I can't think of any shoe that hasn't been done before. So six months later, it came to me. I was laying in my hotel room in New York City, and at the time, clear was a very big style. So I was like, wait a minute, maybe if I do a clear shoe, I think I'll do that. But I couldn't think of which clear shoe to do. So I wore this Louboutin today because this is the reason why I started my shoe line. This exact Louboutin I had in like 15 different colors. It's my favorite silhouette, it's sexy, it's hot, whatever. But I'm like, wait, there's no clear stiletto. Like there's no such thing. And I Googled it, Googled it, didn't find it. I'm like, boom, this is the idea I'm doing. So I literally found a, um, a factory. I got one sample made. And to this day, two years later, this is my number one shoe. It's called the Fancy Stiletto, and it's been worn by everybody. And I literally didn't have any stock. I was so scared to buy the stock because I wasn't sure if he was going to really buy it. So I got one sample made. I had all my influencers, like 10 or 15 girls, promote it on their page. I took a picture of the same shoe like 14 different ways, and they all promoted it. And it was sold out, like triple sold out. I've done like 500 pair, like literally, like within the first year. So now I'm on 25 styles, like two years later. So it's pretty crazy. So my whole advice is just keep going because you just never know what's going to happen. And I'm so happy that those people fired me because I would not be here today. <laughs> and it's crazy because I'm dropping my men's line next month. No one knows it. I've had like a lot of people like copy me, like pretty little thing, all these big brands. And it's kind of like pisses me off because I'm like, wait, that was my idea. And how the hell are you going to sell my stuff? Like half the price that I'm selling it for. But whatever. People don't. I'm the originator. So if you guys want replica shoes, you can buy replica shoes. But otherwise, I'm the first one. So <laughs> yeah, but men's is now my next division. I'm like, wow, I'm doing a men's line? Like, what do you mean? I would never think I'm doing like a men's line now. So it's pretty crazy. I'm 35. I'll be 35 in two days. And I feel like I wouldn't change anything about my life. Not every day do I know what I'm doing. I wake up today like, what am I doing today? I don't know. Like, as far as, like, the fashion, I have to keep watching it. But you have to just stay in your own lane and do whatever, whatever you feel you should do. Don't follow trends too much because if you do, you're going to, like, not have your own ideas, you know? And I don't know. I think I said all that. <laughs> Happy birthday to you as well. It's Thank like all you. the birthday people Thank in here, so right? Much. But my whole life has kind of been about versatility. Um, I'm the youngest. I'm Megan and Maya are my cousins. So uh, they were already in the game when I was kind of born. So them and my brother, they were, they were acting and moving. So my mom only allowed me to like model until I went on an audition to my brother, uh, with my brother, and I booked the job over him. They're like, can he come in? Can he audition? So then I got that. From that, I like was a child actor. Um, then they made me stop because, truthfully, I got offered the role um, of the Nutty Professor's son in a movie. And my mom was like, nope, we're done. He's out of here. Um, but I went to school and became like valedictorian, did the whole other route. And I made an agreement with my parents that if I stayed in LA for college, that I could act again. Fast forward a year and a half later, I booked a series regular role on Glee, which kind of like took me from being um, pre-law student to being a working actor, which completely changed my whole trajectory. Fast forward to a couple months Previous to this, I was at a, a meeting with a publicist and I was trying to get her on board my uh, production company I'm starting and she actually had a script. She's like, hey, will you read my script? And I read it and it was incredible and now I directed her pilot. Um, so it's kind of about being flexible and open to going where God has you and that, knowing that your different avenues and your techniques and your skill sets play to different places. You can be a model today and you know a host tomorrow. You can be a host tomorrow and then be a shoe designer the next day. You know, so knowing that versatility is the only thing in this career that'll stay consistent. Because as they said, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world. They say being an entertainer is literally the hardest job in the world because you can go to school for everything else. If you go to school to be an accountant, 10 years later, you're going to be an accountant. You can work as, you know, being a model. 10 years later, you might still not be 
a model. So I always say past anything else, whoever you believe in, take your dream to God, take your dream to Allah, take your dream to whoever, because it's going to come a point where it's the hardest thing in your life is your job. Whether you're working, whether you're not, people always think like, when I book this job, when you book the job, new levels, new devils. He's dealing with something else. So it's pretty much being like, does God want me here right now? Even if it's hard, even if I'm angry, even if I'm mad at my co-star, we were just saying like, we actually get along really well, but if we didn't get along really well, this would be terrible, you know? So many times I he haven't got along with my co-star, you know? Oh, most hosts, yeah. most shows, the hosts don't get along. They don't, you know? You're like, ah, oh, I gotta see you again, but it's your job. And the biggest thing is being able to do whatever you do in excellence. Going back to, again, like how you do one thing is usually how you do everything. So making sure that when life throws you a curveball, enjoy it. You know, I always say, God, thank you for the things I don't know. Thank you for every no. You're, that wasn't rejection. It was just you redirecting me to the path that I was supposed to be on. And in this career, that'll be an everyday encounter. Someone's going to be like, you aren't good enough for this. You weren't what we were looking for. But as long as you're bringing your A game, you know that, all right, cool, one day it will be what I, you're, I will be what you're looking for. I will be the right person. I'm going to be so good you can't ignore me. I'm going to be walking there so great that I, he might not be right for this, but in a month or two, how about Dijon? Didn't he come in and do that one role? He's right for this. You know, it's planting those seeds so that you're not only winning the job, but winning the room. Okay, so let's turn it over to some Q&A. You guys have some questions. Now is your opportunity. Definitely take advantage of it. So who has a question? Yes. Oh, shoot, I get a mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, my name is Conscious, K-O-N-C-I-O-U-S. Now, my first question is because not only do I want to be a model, I'm also a mu music artist as well. What is one heart-wrenching truth that you had to accept about the industries that you guys experienced? Um. I actually, after Glee, was a music artist as well. Um, that was my focus for a year and a half, was like R&B pop music. And everyone would always tell me I have to choose one. You wanna be an actor or do you wanna be a singer? And I'd always be like, but I can do both. And I enjoy both and they kind of bring me like different enjoyments and that's kind of why I was on the show I was on. Um, but it became a point in my life where I realized that there was only one that I couldn't do without. You know, that one that made me feel like, yo, God intended for me to be in this medium, to be effective in this way. So I think the hard truth for, for me was being like, it's okay that your plans changed, John. He changed your heart, so now change your plan. Like, you, you thought you always wanted to do that, but you don't anymore. So giving myself permission to be like, all right, cool, I've been working so hard on this, and I might not have gotten the fruit that I thought I was going to get, but now I'm deciding to no longer put my energy where I know it's not supposed to be. And I'm going to give all that energy to what I know it should be. Because now I'm clear about my direction and my path and like kind of what those footsteps should be. For me, it's no matter what, people will copy you. I'm still dealing with that every day. And I feel like it used to eat me up. But now I'm like, you know what? If they're not copying you, then you're not great. So I guess it's a compliment for sure. <laughs> Very flattering. I, I think that um, I'm a true believer that when you first decide you want to do something, master that first before you move on. You know, because there's a lot of talented people in our business that can sing like Dijon, Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy. You know, there's a lot of people that have shown that they can do both. Um, Lady Gaga, you know, whatever. But I think that like Jamie, he waited till he won our Oscar first before he put out the music album. I think like, you know, for me, you know, when I got into the fashion business, I, I had to feel like I had reached the pinnacle of what I could it, I could take it. You know what I'm saying? So like after, you know, I was ranked on models.com in the top 50 models in the world. And after I had did 20 campaigns and, you know, I had been to Milan and did the whole thing. Then I was like, okay, I could move on knowing that I didn't leave. I left it all, you know, on the on the field. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like if you try to do too many things at one time, you're gonna be all over the place. You don't want to be all over the place. It's it's great to, to show that you can do multiple things, but I think you gotta like get in the game and do well at that one thing because that's where the relationships gonna come. Only only reason why I was able to have those relationships was because I achieved a certain level of success as a in the fashion as a model, you know, and then. 
that was able, it only helps, it only works for you though, if you get to the certain level, then those relationships, when you wanna do something else, people like, no, okay, he was a winner, he was successful, I can you know, rock with him and believe that he can probably do this. But if you just try to do too many things at one time, it's, it, that, that's not the look, you know? Use the one thing that set you. It's like Jay-Z was the best rapper that he could be first. Then he got into, you know, uh, selling Ace of Spade and Rock Aware and Rock Nation and doing all these things and Puff too, Ciroc and all that. Like they were the best at what they could be first and then the other opportunities came. LeBron is producing TV and film now, but he was the best basketball player first. So focus on one thing, get really great at that, and that'll give you more opportunities to do more things. Okay. Anyone else questions? I think she you like the closest one to me, so. Um, hello, my name is Brian. I was just gonna ask, when you guys are feeling really stressed out, what do you guys like to do just to keep your mind off things? When you guys are just stressed out. I pray, I work out a lot. Yeah, I pray and I go to the spa for sure to just shut my phone off because I'm on my phone like 29-7 for sure, so. Yeah, I, I, same thing, I pray, you know, I, I just tell, you know, Jesus, I trust him, you know, like I really, I, I'm, I'm really big on just saying I trust you. But the other thing too is I read this thing, um, the Dalai Lama said this thing that uh, by the time you get to the end of your life, you would have spent half of your life happy and half of your life sad. It'll be actually the same, like when you get to the end of your life. So I think that, you know, we put on this earth to suffer too, you know, like embrace the suffering, embrace the, the being broke. Like that's part of your story, that's part of your narrative. You've never heard a story or bio biography told where somebody didn't go through trials and tribulations so other thing you gotta you gotta know the history too of like people accomplishing great things be a reader read people's biographies know people's stories because that'll help you when you're going through real tough times you know because i mean i i, I look at life every day like the dow jones you know what i'm saying i might be up i might start the day up 500 points by lunch, I might be down 120, 120 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's how life is. That shit is a yo-yo sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So it's really good to have the information and just know that, like, don't freak out when shit is going bad for you. That's part of the narrative. It's like, you got to embrace that. Like, like there's, there's great, there's, there's great um, lessons in, in, in failure. Great lessons in failure. And, you know, it's like, you know, you look at your, you look at even like Star Wars when Luke tried to be a Jedi in the second one, you know, he wasn't ready yet. You know, he failed. You know what I'm saying? But he came back and returned to Jedi and he was that nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 excuse my friend, sorry. But, but, but I'm just saying like, understand that like in every great story and every great accomplishment, you gotta suffer. You gotta, you gonna fail. You know what I'm saying? But embrace it. It's all love. And get in and, and, and pray, work out, and um, go get massages too. Do that. Thank you. Of course. One more question, guys. The last question. Okay. Um, so my question is probably going to be kind of off the charts, but um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is, of course, you know, a growing area. We just had All Star Weekend. It's a couple of different things, you know, taking place out there. But it's not a lot of opportunity. Um, so for a person like me, I'm traveling from New York to LA, just all these different places trying to find opportunities. So I guess my question for you guys would be like, what tips do you have for finding opportunities for models, especially someone like me who is not your average model height, average model weight, different things like that? Girl, I'm gonna answer this one. I am 5'2 from Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay? And here I am today booking campaigns as a working model and entertainer. So my biggest thing was you have to have the gumption and enough guts to be able to step out of your comfort zone. Neil Donald Walsh says it's the best. My favorite quote, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. At 17 years old, I told myself there's no one here around me living the life that I aspired to see. At the time, I grew up in the era of the hills. Lauren Conrad was the one and only influencer, like in you know, LA, going to FITM fashion school. That's what I wanted to do. And I was like, there's no one on TV, there's no one in campaigns that looks like me, who comes from my background. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta pack up my bags and move. So it's about taking those chances, 
being brave, not being afraid to step out of the comfort zone, and not being afraid to you know, be proud of who you are. I'm proud of being a small town girl in a big pond. And I think Dijon said it the other day, it's okay to be a big fish in a small pond. Master that first and then move on. Question for you, do you act as well? Or do you have aspirations to? Yeah, I'm aspiring to be an actor, but I'm really starting in the model industry. I've actually kind of, since I'm in a small town, taken my talents and like help people with the opportunities I have. So I've started my own small agency for models in my own town, but. Nice. It's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I would say, see, it's, it's a different answer for that because if you were in acting, it would be a great place to be because the Southeast region is, is booming as far as opportunity, you know, um, for, new, for new people. Um, but for modeling, you might actually have to make the move because modeling is a very niche-based place where you, more times than not, they're not they're not traveling, you know, to the to the southeast to do modeling campaigns like they do uh, TV shows or um, films. So, like she said, you might have to, you know, pack up those bags and go to LA or New York and you know really give it a shot if you feel like you're ready and you're already at a place where you're now sewing into others and maybe you have to take some of that energy and just, you know, put it all on the line. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You have to be in LA or New York, unfortunately, because, I mean, you're hot, you're gorgeous, like everything's gonna go well for you, so I would just say it's gonna make it a lot faster if you just get where you need to be, where everything is, because everyone else is traveling here every day to live here, and they're all coming just like you are, so you might as well just jump in the, jump in the hole and just dive in, you know? Yeah, I mean, un understand that nobody from LA is from LA for the most part, or I New am. York. You <laughs> well, you're from the Valley, though, so it's not really, yeah, it's, you know. Well, anyway, you, you know, but 98% but of the people that are in our business aren't gonna be from here. Everybody's imports, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's great now in the fashion business that there's so many more opportunities and so many different kind of models, you know, from plus size to now you got social media. When I modeled, there was no Instagram, there was no YouTube, there was no, there was none of the social media, there was no Twitter. So really, at that, there was only really one kind of model. And they only classified you as a model if you lived in New York and you was with one of the five powerhouses and you went to Milan for Fashion Week. And so it was, is that it was very specific at when I got in the game and much harder. Now you can do Fashion Nova, you can do Instagram modeling, you know, the game has opened up so much. Um, but you know, what we used to do too is like, we would look at the globe and we would be like, as a person of color, South Africa used to be a place that like, you would want to spend some time in. So we would go spend like two months in South Africa in Cape Town because you know they have what people don't realize, maybe they do now, but like every magazine that they have the US version for, they have the other country's version for. So they got South African Vogue, South African GQ, South African Bazaar. And so it was a great place for models of color to go get tear sheets, to go actually go get Vogue and go get GQ. So, you know, a lot of models would go there to build their portfolios up before they went to New York. But ultimately, the fashion industry is in New York. I mean, if you're trying to do it on a real, real level, that's sort of the place you have to go. And as I mentioned before, modeling, you're gonna have to live out of your suitcase. Like I had a schedule every year, like, you know, we, we, we would go to, in December, we would go to Miami because, you know, in December when it's cold everywhere else, it's, it's hot in Florida. And so all the German clients would come to Miami to shoot. A lot of the campaigns, all of the big photographers from Mizell to, to Herb Ritz to Bruce Weber, um, you know, Testino, they all, all of the campaigns would be shot in, um, in, in Florida from like December to January, and we would all go back to New York for Fashion Week, but like we, in February. So we, but we would keep, you had to keep moving. We was living out of a suitcase. So you, you know, embrace that. Yeah, so one thing, one more time for, uh, who here said that they wanna also be an actor? Yes, a lot of people. So we've been kind of like talking about ways that we can open up the model experience and kind of allow people to not just have to focus on, on one thing, but giving them the tools to definitely be able to venture into other mediums and capitals. And being from Los Angeles, 
we're talking about doing now the acting experience. So now everyone who also wants to be an actor will have the tools and the ability to learn and grow and do different kind of like platforms. So now you'll experience what it's like to be a model, be an actor, and be able to decide like what do I want to focus on? What do I want to hone and master and what kind of my lane is? Because like for you, you said you are 5'2"? Five 5'3"? Five five three. Yeah, so like modeling for you would probably more so be commercial, you know, or catalog. With this believe it or not, way more money in commercial and catalog than it is in runway. Um, but also commercials right now. If you're in LA right now and you had a commercial agent, you could be going out on auditions, you could be going on theatrical auditions, you have a great look for like Freeform and like ABC. Um, so just knowing that you have the ability in this town to do whatever you want to. You want to sing? Sing. Go to open mics. Have the, have the, you, you said what? Oh, you're a rapper. Come on, Nicki Minaj. Um, <laughs> But, you know, just find, find what Ava said, too, is find your tribe. Find who you want to create with. Find who makes you feel like the best version of yourself. And just create. Be an entertainer. You have no boundaries to what that means. Being in L.A., definitely this is like the home for being an actor. So you embrace that as a, as a, a model um, in closing on my end. But, like, it, it was a model that in New York... When I was doing Sean John, he, you know, he had moved to to New York from Florida, and I was sort of like the guy who took him around, and you know, I would take him to castings with me, and um, you know, he didn't book a lot of jobs as a model. He booked some stuff here and there, and then you know, when I moved to L.A., he moved to L.A. too, and he got a little role in Coach Carter. His name is Channing Tatum, and he became, you know, with 15 million, making like 15 million dollars a movie, so. Um, Sometimes, again, you are who you, you know, we can't change our physical appearance. We can't make ourselves five, you know, 5'10", or, you know, our, our, our bodies are what they are. If, it's a, if it makes more sense for you to go in the, the acting direction, you know, you never know. Actors make more money than models. So, you know, definitely, um, you know, embrace that, as Dijon said. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today, and thank you to all of you as well. Now it's time to network. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Model Experience Podcast, live from the Model House. And, and that's, that's a wrap. wrap.